down. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Home Recording Made Easy.com podcast. My name is David Vignola, and this is episode number 37. Thank you for coming back once again listening to my podcast. This week, we're going to talk about what should you start thinking about when you want to make some purchases for your studio, some new purchases, making smart purchases for your studio. What things should you think about? Where should you look first? You got a bunch of money burning a hole in your wallet. And you want to know, hey, I'm going to purchase some stuff. What things should I think about? Well, I'm going to give you four things to think about when we talk about making smart purchases for your home studio. So sit down, relax, get yourself a cool drink, and let's talk about it. How do we make smart purchases for the studio? I don't know. Let's talk right here on the Home Recording MadeEasy.com podcast. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Home Recording Made Easy.com podcast. This is episode number 37. I want to thank you so much once again for coming back and listening to another episode. We took a long break at the beginning of the year, 2021, and now we're back in the saddle again. And I have a bunch of topics I want to talk to you about over the next several weeks. This week, we're going to talk about how to make smart purchases for your studio or what to think about when you're making some purchases, new gear, new equipment, new things in your studio. We all have times where we want to upgrade stuff in our studio. We all do it. <laughs> I'm the number one offender of that. If you've been watching my YouTube channel, you know that. I'm always getting new stuff and new trying new things. And I know a lot of you do as well. Sometimes you may not spend the money in the right places or you may not be thinking about the right things to upgrade that's really going to make a difference. And so I want to try to give you three or four things we can talk about. I have four written down, but I might think of something else off the top of my head. So let's talk about it. And also stick around to the end of the episode. Because I'm going to give you a couple of free gifts. And if you're new here, you're really going to like it. And all the show notes below will have all the links and everything I'm going to talk about in the description box below. So when you're making purchases, <coughs> pardon me, for your studio, what should you think about first? Tip number one, first thing you really should think about, and this is important, start with the weakest link in your studio. That's where you should be upgrading first. And you may say, well, what does that mean, Dave? Well, I always say start from back and move yourself forwards, meaning that the music ends up when the music comes out of your speakers and it comes into what? The room. So I start from the room and work our way back. So let's talk about the room. We talk about this all the time. Almost in every other podcast episode, we talk about the same topic over and over and over and over again. And the reason why, guys, is it's so, it's so important. I can't even begin to tell you. Your room your recording slash mixing environments. That's the last That's the last stop the sound makes before it hits your ears. In the room, is your room acoustically treated? Is it acoustically treated properly? Does your recording sound good in that room? Because you're recording things like guitar amps, maybe vocals in a room that's not treated for drums, you know, head... Heaven forbid you try to record drums in a completely untreated bedroom, it'll sound horrible, right? Or the recording, you're not recording, you're doing mixing, and your mix is when you get out of your studio, you think it sounds great, and you put it on a CD or an MP3, or you put it on your phone, and you listen to it in your car, or on your earbuds, or on your, uh, you know, your headphones, and it doesn't sound the way it did in your studio. The mix doesn't translate. The number one problem for that is the mixing environment or the recording environment, the room, and the lack of 
proper, or I should say properly placed acoustic treatment. Proper not meaning, well, you have to buy a certain brand to spend a ton of money. No, you can do it all yourself on the cheap. If that's what you need to do, that's fine. If you're a little, if you're crafty and handy, you can build your own bass traps and build your own stuff. Or if you have some extra money and you want to do it, you know, want to do it right and you want something that's professional and you don't have the carpentry skills like I don't, there are several companies that you can buy really good acoustic treatment that will make the room more accurate sounding that will help you with both recording and mixing music in your room. It'll be a much more pleasant experience for you. Okay. Go to sweetwater.com. The link's in the description box below. And hint, hint, that's an affiliate link. So if you do purchase anything from sweetwater.com using that link, I do get a small commission. And you are helping home recording made easy, and I appreciate it. But I don't care what you buy there, what brand you buy there. They sell all kinds of stuff there. Get yourself some good acoustic treatment, whether you make it or purchase it, and make sure that your room is treated properly. I have videos on the YouTube channel explaining how to do this. There are videos all over YouTube on how to do it. And if you want to work with some companies, a lot of companies for free, like Oralex, there's just one. I think Prime Acoustics is another that'll do this. You send them a sketch and some dimensions and a little photos of your room. And they'll, for free, tell you what acoustic treatment that they recommend and where to place it. It's a no-brainer. It is so easy today to properly treat a room that there is really no excuse for it. And it is and the number one thing you ought to look at. Right. So when you're purchasing stuff for your studio, you want to do some upgrades. Start at the last place before the sound hits your ears. Is the room treated properly? Are you happy with the sound of your mixes coming out of that room in the recordings? OK, if the answer to that is yes, then we move on to the next part of that equation or the next step in the chain backwards. Right. So where is the sound coming? It's coming into the room from where? From your monitoring system, yes, your speakers and or your headphones. Now, if you're mixing and recording only on headphones, the room really doesn't matter. But what, then, then you can say, okay, well, we don't need to worry about the room, but then we need to worry about my headphones. And if you are using speakers in the room, monitors, then you need to worry about the room. But now we're at the monitoring system, whether it's speakers or whether it's headphones. And I have said uh, countless times on my YouTube channel and probably in this podcast in several different episodes, there's a lot of benefits to mixing on headphones. It is a cheaper way to do it, so you can get really good, accurate recording recordings and mixes, but you need to spend some money and get yourself a good quality set of mixing headphones, right, for mixing. And then you can get a second pair for just tracking. The tracking ones aren't as important as the mixing ones from a quality point of view, but if you don't have a lot of money in your budget or you prefer to work on headphones or you're mobile and you do things on the road and you're always in different environments and the, that kind of thing, then spend yourself between uh, 400 and let's say 1500 okay there that's about the big that's an open enough an open enough window of budget for you to find yourself a good pair of headphones especially for mixing four to five hundred bucks you can get a wonderful set of headphones that will do the job i use them all the time i used uh, sennheiser um hd 650s and i use neumann's as well i think it's the ndr 21s. I don't know. It's the only Neumann headphones that are on the Sweetwater website. They're fantastic. They're 500 bucks. You would be much better served to spend $500 on a good set of headphones than to spend $500 on a pair of crappy or very entry level studio monitors. Okay. Your speakers is what you're hearing from hearing, right? Obviously. And your speakers is where is what's telling your ears and your brain to make mixing decisions 
on. And if you don't have a set of good studio monitors in a well-treated room, you are not hearing accurately what's going on in that recording. Period. Full stop. End of sentence. That is the case. Now, it does not mean that you need to go out and spend $10,000 on a pair of studio monitors, although you can if you have the money. I didn't in my studio, but you could. But I always say, all joking aside, there's nothing wrong with getting a $300 pair of studio monitors as a secondary pair of speakers or for listening for pleasure. It is not a good idea to get that inexpensive of a speaker to do critical listening and making important mixing decisions with EQ and compression, but EQ primarily. What should you spend? I always tell people minimum $500 a speaker, $1,000 a pair for powered studio monitors. What brands? There's lots of brands. Whatever you like, speakers are very subjective, right? There's KRK, there's Focal, there's Mackie, there's JBL, there's there's a, there's a bunch, Callies, there's a bunch of other ones. There's other all over the place, okay? It doesn't really matter. The thing about speakers is you want to be able to try them in your actual environment before you commit to buying them. So always buy them from a place that you can return them if you don't like them from some for some reason, whether it's local in your town or whether you buy it from sweetwater.com. Going to in someone else's studio, going to another environment or going to a store and listening to the speakers are not going to sound the same in your room, especially when we just talked about acoustic treatment, right? You have to be happy with the way they sound in your room. Monitors to me are really, there are several, there's only a handful of pieces of gear for the studio environment that I say you really get what you pay for. And in studio speakers or monitors are one of them. And the same thing with studio headphones, you really get what you pay for. It doesn't make any sense to me to have really high quality microphones, high quality preamps, high quality instruments, and then you put it, and then you're trying to work and mix a record on speakers where you can't hear accurately what's going on in the recording. Okay, so that's the other thing you want to consider. Okay, so that's the sound coming out of the speakers, your monitoring system. Okay, you can have a crappy set of speakers or a secondary spare speakers that are a little bit more low quality, so you could check your mixes on several different speaker systems, but you want to have a decent set of monitors, okay? So that's what I would tell you. The other thing we want to talk about too, maybe it's a little out of order, is your computer. I can't tell you how many times, actually, the 90% of the emails that I get that people can't get stuff working, having things crash on them, having all kinds of problems with audio artifacts and blah, 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 where the computer's not running well is because they're trying to record music and especially with a lot of software instruments and such, and they're trying to do it on a computer that's 10 years old. And it's very difficult to do that. Recording audio, mixing audio with lots of plugins, recording audio with lots of VST instruments, if you're one of those people, takes a lot of computing power. The computer is the heartbeat of your studio. So you may be in need of a computer upgrade at one point if you're having all kinds of issues with performance, whether it's Mac or PC, it doesn't matter. It's they're, they're both, they, they both have this problem as a computer gets a little older. I've even done a complete podcast episode. I think it was episode three or four at the beginning of this podcast talking about computer upgrades and the specs and what to look for. But that's another thing you want to look at. That's another part of your weakest link is check the computer, your specs, the performance. Do you have a computer that has a minimum of 16 gigs of RAM in it? Now, I know there's people out there who say, I completely disagree. You only need eight gigs of RAM to record audio. That is true. 
But if you're going to use VST instruments and softwares and lots of plugins, the RAM, especially VST software instruments, the RAM matters. And the good news for you is, and for me, is the memory is one of the cheapest things that you can do to upgrade your computer. It's very inexpensive today. And if you have something like a PC, you can, you can install it yourself in 15 minutes. It's easy to do. So it's a quick, easy way to boost the performance of your computer. When you talk about swapping out the motherboard and the CPU and stuff, that's a little bit more geeky, a little bit too much for my blood, but you know, you can do it, I suppose. But you gotta remember, the computer is the heartbeat. It's the engine of the car, your home studio. It doesn't make any sense to be driving around a Ferrari with a Yugo, remember the Yugo? With a Yugo engine. That doesn't make any sense to me, <laughs> right? So your computer as well. Okay. Now those are just, those are the three most critical areas. Start in the room, look at the monitoring system, look at the computer. Now you start getting into, you know, the other things like your audio interface, the quality of your preamps, those kinds of things. Let's talk about that now. So the next tip here is try to buy stuff. If you, that is multi-purpose, you know, especially if you're limited on a budget you're like, you know what I got you know, 500 bucks, or I got a thousand bucks to put into my studio. My computer's in good shape. I got good acoustic treatment, Dave. My monitoring's in good shape, or I have good quality headphones. You know, maybe I want to buy, you know, a microphone or I want to buy, you know, a, a preamp or something. But I always say, try to buy stuff if you can, that's multi-purpose. You know, you should have, if you have all the things we just talked about in place and you're doing recording, especially, you should have a good quality condenser microphone. You want to have some dynamic microphones, you know, to the SM57, the staple. It's a you know, $99 microphone. It's been around 500 years. That's great. You should have a couple of those laying around. But you also want to have, I would say, at least one good quality condenser mic that you can use on multiple things. Now, condenser microphones are a little bit like speakers. Not There's exceptions to this rule, but it is a little bit like speakers where you kind of get what you pay for. That's not to say that you can't get a wonderful sounding condenser microphone for a couple of hundred bucks. Yes, you can, but you can get a much better sounding one for a thousand bucks. Do you need to spend a thousand bucks? No, not necessarily, but you get the point. Is it as is it as night and day as the studio speakers I was talking about? No, it's not that night and day. You can you can get away a little bit cheaper, and if you find the right brand and you find the right thing that sounds good to you, you'll be good. But a good quality large diaphragm condenser can also be used on multiple things. That's why I say multi-purpose. You can use it on vocals. You can use it on acoustic guitar. You can use it on drum overheads. You can use it on electric guitar amps, depending on the microphone. Um. You can use it on a lot of different things. You can use it on strings, you know, if, you know, if you had live strings, you can use it on a bunch of different things, percussion. So good quality, large diaphragm condenser microphone is a great example of multi-purpose gear. Another one is a good preamp. If you're doing recording, and again, I know this talks about a little bit what we just talked about on point number one here, um, where you talked about your audio interface and the quality of the preamps. If you do lots of recording, Again, I'll say this again. It doesn't make sense to me that you go out and buy a $1,000 condenser microphone, um, you know, and then put it through a $99 audio interface. Can you do it? Of course you can. Will it physically work? Of course it will. Will it, um, will it make that microphone sound at its best? Absolutely not. And anyone that tells you different is just not telling you the truth. 
They're just not telling you the truth. And I see a lot of this on YouTube and a lot of people where they make these generalized statements. And I'll admit at times I make generalized statements as well because I'm trying to talk to the majority of my audience, which are usually at the beginning stages of this stuff. And I don't want to try to get to get too technical. So sometimes you got to talk in broad strokes. And sometimes that could be a little misleading. And I don't mean to mislead anybody, certainly. But there's a lot of people that I see that, you know, that talk about these kinds of topics where they say, oh, all you need, you know, the, the converters in an interface today, that's 99 bucks. And those preamps are, they're, they're fantastic and you don't need anything else. And yes, that's technically true. You can record great music on an audio interface with a preamp that was made in China for 90 bucks. Yes, you can. Would you put a thousand dollar Neumann microphone or a nice sure microphone or a Telefunken microphone through that? Why would you do that? You're not getting the most out of that microphone. Again, the weakest link. So if you're going to consider getting a decent all around mid priced or even a higher end, if you have the budget condenser mic, which will really help the recordings of whatever you're trying to record, put it into a good preamp. And again, this is a big topic, whether you use an, just a higher quality audio interface and have better onboard preamps, or do you have a regular just A to D converter and you buy an outboard preamp like a Neve or an API or an SSL or a Focusrite or something like that? We won't get into the, all of that detail here. We'll do that in, in other episodes. But either way, you know, try to match the quality of the preamp to the microphone you're plugging it into. That's what I would say. Okay, so a good quality preamp will also be multi-purpose that you can use on a variety of different sources. Okay, less is more. I'd rather see you have one or two real good quality microphones and one really good preamp that's versatile than have a bunch of cheesy microphones, crappy microphones, and a bunch of lousy preamps and a cheap interface that does they don't sound good and they're noisy and all that stuff. And they're prone to break and have all kinds of problems down the road. They don't stand the test of time. The other thing I'll talk about in this thing, although it's not multi, well, I guess it is geared. It is multi-purposes at the same time. For the love of Pete, please don't take an expense. Don't take any microphone, but again, don't buy nice quality equipment and buy the cheapest cable that you can possibly buy. I see that all the time. Now, there is a lot of hype and a lot of times, you know, some high-end manufacturers will try to get you to, you know, convince you that spending $400 on a 10-foot XLR cable is so much superior than spending $60 or $50 on, a, on, a, on that same length XLR cable. And there is a point of diminishing returns for sure. There is. And some of that real high-end stuff, you know, I've seen people do A-B tests and put things on scopes and, and such, and there really isn't a difference. And so you want to be careful there. So what I tell people when it comes to cables is, look, I'll just tell you what I use. I've been using Mogami Gold cables with, no, with uh, Neutra connectors for, I don't know, forever. I've never had a cable go bad on me. They've always worked. They're reliable. They're noise-free. When you have tons of cables in your studio, having really high-quality cables in that respect, they're going to keep the noise level down. And I don't know, a 20-foot you know, or a 10-foot uh, Mogami Gold XLR cable is probably $30 or $40, $50. I don't know what the prices are these days, but it's less than 100 bucks 
for sure. Let's say it's between 40 and $60 worth it all day long. That's where you should be somewhere in that ballpark. I would say 10 foot XLR, you spend 40 to 60 bucks. You're getting a good quality XR XLR cable. Don't buy some no brand off of Amazon for $12, plug it into your $600 condenser microphone into your thousand dollar audio interface with a halfway decent preamp. Cause you're going to have, you could, you could, and will have problems. You're going to have, you could have, and will have at one point noise problems. Those cables don't stand the test of time. They're brittle. They will eventually break on you and not perform the way they should. Also too, the longer the cable and the lower quality the cable is in the way it's made, you're going to lose some sound quality, especially in the high end. So it's important that you get a good quality cable, okay? So again, try to buy multi-purpose gear when you're upgrading. Look for things like good quality, all-around condenser mics, good preamps, good cables, okay? That's number two. Number three, and again, this is, this is not maybe purchasing a tangible physical item that you can put in your studio, but it's something that you absolutely ought to do, and that's invest some of that budget that you're gonna spend in your training, on how to do be a better recording engineer or recording musician if that's what you're doing or how to be a better mixing engineer for your music if you're a musician recording at home or both. Investing your training, having all this wonderful gear and equipment and software and hardware and not knowing how to use it to get something that sounds good is such a waste of money and such a shame. And I see this happen a lot as well. I get people that hire me to do private one-on-one -on -one Skype or and or Zoom training lessons, and I do this all the time for people. You can contact me through the website if you're interested in having a private one-on-one -on -one training session where I help people with their studio issues all the time. It happens all the time. I'll get on a phone with someone, you know, someone a little bit later in life who's retired, who's done well for themselves, has a lot of money, and went out and spent tens of thousands of dollars on way top-end shelf equipment, way even more top shelf than what I have in my studio. I mean, I'm talking about $3,000 Neumann 87 microphones. I'm talking about, uh, you know, you, um, you know, Teletronics LE2As, 1176s by Universal Audio, wonderful preamps, wonderful hardware, running into a killer computer, you know, specced out PC, you know, with all the bells and whistles. They got all this wonderful gear in this beautifully, you know, set up studio space because they had the money which is wonderful and that's what they enjoy and God bless them for being able to do that. And then they have no clue how to record a basic track or what they found on the internet. They, you know, they're contacting me because they're like, I don't get it. My stuff doesn't sound good. You need to invest in yourself and invest in some training to learn how to use all that stuff, whether it's high-end stuff or whether it's bargain basement price stuff. Although I don't recommend that, as I said, but regardless of the quality of the gear, if you don't know how to use it, what good is it, right? You don't want to be frustrated. If you're going to spend the time and the money in your studio, you don't want to be frustrated. You want to have success and you want to enjoy it. Well, part of that is knowing what you're doing and investing in your training is something that you really ought to do. And again, you know, hint, hint. I mean, you know, it is called the Home Recording Made Easy podcast. Go to homerecordingmadeeasy.com. I got training on everything from recording to mixing and mastering and then different parts of mixing all on the website, Right. You could go get training at a very affordable price, more affordable than anyone else will give you training. That's a fact. And high quality training 
uh, nevertheless. So go check that out. Invest in your training. It's super important. Again, that's that's about making a purchase for your studio, right? What's your weakest link? If you're the weakest link, you need to get some training, <laughs> okay? And then the last point I'll try to make when we talk about buying equipment and spending money on tangible hard items in the studio, whether it's hardware or software, is I always try to say this, and again, we talked a little bit about this already, and this is what I recommend if you can, is buy things of good quality. Spend what you can spend. I'm not saying take a second mortgage out on your home. I'm saying, you know, buy the best stuff you can buy for what you can afford to spend. And the reason for that is, number one, they're going to be reliable pieces of equipment. If you buy name brand stuff, it's going to last. It's going to work well. And down the road, if you want to swap it out for something different, if you buy the right stuff and you buy good quality stuff, it retains its value. And you can a lot of times get 70 to 80% of the purchase price on the used market, depending on what you're trying to sell, when you want to swap out a piece of gear. You know, again, some examples of this would be like if you buy a Neumann microphone, you ever try to sell a Neumann used on the market, you're going to get a lot of money back for it, okay? If you try to buy, oh, I don't know, Universal Audio and try to buy an Apollo interface or one of their satellite systems, you're going to get good resale value. You buy things from people like Neve and SSL and API, those kinds of things, you're going to get good resale value. And more importantly, hopefully you won't resell it and you'll keep it because if you buy good quality stuff up front, you're normally going to want to try to keep that stuff. But for some reasons, your taste, your taste might change or maybe it wasn't what you thought it was and it's not your flavor because a lot of this stuff is subjective, right, when it comes to sound and tone and all of that. And you may want at one point swap out a piece of gear to try a new piece of gear. If you buy some, you know, bargain basement stuff, you know, you're not going to get anything other than lousy resale value. So I always say when you're going to make purchases for your studio, we all have a budget and we only can all spend a certain amount of money, right? Try to get the best stuff you can get for that money. Do your research, right? Watch YouTube videos, certainly. See what other people are doing. Most importantly, when you're buying gear, like I always say, Buy it from somewhere that you can demo it and try it and return it within a 30 or 45 day policy if you don't like it and want to try something else. Hint, hint, sweetwater.com. Link will be in the description box below or wherever you want to buy it. Guitar Center. You buy it on the used market, you're kind of stuck with it unless you can resell it. But you can get a lot of great deals on places like Reverb.com, right? eBay. You can get a lot of good deals if you know how to research it and you know what you're doing. So I would tell you again, if you're going to buy something for the studio, especially if it's a piece of gear or an instrument or an amplifier, try to buy quality name brand stuff that's been around a long time, that has a great reputation. It'll serve you well. It'll sound great. It will last a long time. And if you try to unload it, you're going to be able to get a good dollar for it and you're not going to lose everything you spent on it. You know, and the other thing I'll leave you with is sometimes and what I typically like to say, or what I've said before, or what I've heard people say to me is, you know, whatever you're going to buy, don't buy what your first piece will be Buy the second piece you would have bought. In other words, if you were going to buy, you know, if, if, if you can, if you can, instead of buying a $200 microphone and then a year from now buying a $700 microphone to upgrade the quality, see if you could swing the $700 microphone the first time. Buy it once, buy it right, 
and you won't regret it usually. And again, all these things will be used with a grain of salt and everyone has to work within their budget uh, you know, restraints. And we all have those. We all have budget constraints. We all do. But if you kind of follow those four tips and start with the weakest link and work your way backwards. And whenever you're going to buy something, make sure you try to buy something of quality. Make sure you can you invest your money smartly. And then most importantly, train, get yourself some training so you know how to use that equipment the most effective in the most effective way to get you the best results. And you will be a much more happy camper in your home studio. So I hope you found those tips helpful and gave you some food for thought. Now, again, you stuck around till the end of the podcast. I want to thank you so much. As I say at every podcast, at the ending. Go in the show notes below or the link in the description boxes below if you're watching or listening to this on YouTube and check out all the information there. I want you to go to homerecordingmadeeasy.com, especially if you've never been there before. And I want to give you a $50 mixing course absolutely free. It's right on the homepage. It's my gift to you just for visiting homerecordingmadeeasy.com. And also, if you'd like to check out some of my other paid training, investing your training, investing your craft, as I've been saying, I want to give you a little discount help you save some money with that budget problem that we all have. I want to give you a 30% discount on any training course on the website. Just use the coupon code podcast 30. That's podcast three zero. Put that in at checkout. It'll take off 30%. And again, thank you so much for checking out homerecordingmadeeasy.com. So until next episode, my name's been Dave with homerecordingmadeeasy.com. Thank you so much for listening and make sure you like and subscribe and share and five-star review and thumbs up and all that happy stuff to help me because it really does help me. And the more you can help me, the more I can help you by recreating more of these podcast episodes. So until next week, I'll talk to you guys all soon. Take care, everybody.